The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 79 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Galati, at Gelati LOL. With me tonight, we have Josh Roberts, at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. Chris Chung, at Prime LOL. Hello, folks. And John George, at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? So, we've got a couple little little news pieces that are that are interesting. Uh, we're going to spend a lot more time on this kind of stuff in the offseason, but... Uh, couple little interesting ones that popped off today, so I figure we'll talk about those. Um, we're going to go over the group stage that just finished up on Sunday, and then we're going to dive into quarterfinals now that we have the matchups and everything. That starts bright and early on Thursday morning. And, uh, yeah. So, I guess we'll open up with the new stuff first, guys. What do you think, right? We'll do that, and then we'll do, we'll recap the groups and, you know, take our thoughts and takeaways and whatnot from that. So That makes sense. Um, like Yamato Cannon leaving Sandbox. I am not really that surprised by this because a lot of times the Korean teams, if there's not like instant success, they don't care and they want out. But I, I'm more not surprised by this because <laughs> I don't mean this. I don't mean this as a Bastia Yamato, but doesn't this feel like a move that he would do? Like, just, let me go try this out and see how it goes. It didn't go well. And then he's like, I'm just going to go cast or color cast or sit on the analyst desk or go to NA and coach. Like, there was a, an interesting conversation on Twitter that I think is relevant to this, which is like people talking about what defines success as like a general manager or as a coach based on, you know, team to team. And I don't know, man, like for this season kind of felt like a success to me. Like I didn't expect Sandbox to do anything this year. Yeah. They don't have the roster to compete with most of these other teams, like maybe a low level playoff team, like maybe last spot sneaking into the playoffs. I didn't really expect anything else from them. So it, it kind of felt like he succeeded, which is why it was a little bit of a, like shock to me to bring him in for one season, have him perform about how you would expect a decent coach to perform and then gone. Yeah. I, I guess maybe I just had wishful thinking and that this would be like a project for him, like a more long-term, like I want to get entrenched here and, and build something. But, I, and, and the other thing is like, we don't know if this was on the team side or on his side or both, you know, like that. Well, that's, that's, go ahead, Josh. Well, that, that's what I was going to say surprised me is like the way they worded the announcement on both sides, the way each of them said it was that it sounded like it was his decision. Yeah. Uh, Cause like, I think his tweet, uh, I'm going to look it up real quick, but I thought he said specifically, like, I've chosen not to come back. And the word it was, yeah, we, tr- we reached out to him and he said he didn't want to. Um, so I thought that, yeah, he said, I've chosen not to resign. So. That's what was more surprising to me than than anything else was just that it sounded like it was on his volition that he didn't want to do it. And I was yeah. like, that's kind of odd to me. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't like the structure over there. I mean, I could see the structure over there being more rigorous and maybe him having a little bit less freedom than he was used to in EU. Or maybe he didn't feel like his opinions were being as respected the way that he wanted them to be. Maybe he just yeah. didn't like Korea. That could be well, Yeah, too. that could be it. Yeah. Yeah. He hinted in his th- in his tweet as well. He said, "I'll elaborate future further in the future." So 
Yeah, that could mean any number of things, right? Yeah, don't really know what that means, but yeah, that I mean, yeah, that I guess I don't know. I guess really that's all there is to it. Like, if he's going to elaborate in the future, like we'll find this out later. I don't know. If it was a little, yeah, I, like it was a little weird. I'm, I'm kind of not surprised. Not, not because of the results necessarily, but just because of like, I don't. know, Usually these kind of things don't work the first time. It takes like, it, I, I give, I actually, I applaud Sandbox for trying something different. I think we all mm-hmm. talked about this when they made this move. I was like, this is kind of, this is cool. This is outside the box. Like this is, you know, maybe this works. Maybe it's wildly successful. And you know, at, at, at worst now. Maybe more teams, Eastern teams, are willing to to do something like this, and maybe the next one will work, or maybe the one after that will be like. I, and again, like John said, like it's not like this was a, a failure or anything. Like it was fine. I thought. Uh, I don't think any. Yeah, like nobody really had high expectations for Sandbox. I, I wasn't exactly blown away. I, I didn't see a whole lot of like the. I, I I didn't see a whole lot of his 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 fingerprints on what they were doing. It just felt like he happened to be there, and they were still doing the same kind of thing. And I don't know if maybe that's the issue. Maybe they had, stru- you know, structure issues or something like that. Or maybe I don't know. It- I do agree with you there. I didn't feel like the team was really much different at all when yeah. once we got there versus before. I mean, the results started to turn around a little bit, but yeah. the picks and the way they were playing didn't seem like it was anything crazy new. So, yeah, it, it was kind of a weird dynamic because I also thought that like by the time he got there they hit like the soft part of their schedule too so I thought it was a little tiny bit overhyped that like their performance was good because they, they literally faced like the only teams worse than them for like five matches in a row or it was like four matches in a row or something like that and then they they, they actually beat someone I thought was I think they beat like T1 or something like that right and that's uh, when it kind of like they beat some they beat somebody pretty good they beat somebody Arif- pretty good I yeah remember. I don't remember who it was KT maybe it might be KT. Yeah, I'll check. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was interesting. Um, hopefully, it opens the door for more of this kind of stuff in the future. Because I mean, maybe it could very well. Sometimes I, I always like moves like this because sometimes it just takes someone that's outside the ecosystem to either present a new way of thinking, or even if it's even if it's not that, just just a fresh change of pace, like a like fresh blood. You know what I'm saying? Like even sometimes change for the sake of change can be good. Sometimes it's, it's not, but you know, sometimes it is. So maybe we'll see more teams trying this kind of stuff in the future. Um, there's a rumor. A lot of people are kind of talking about like, it's already a done deal and it might be, we'll see. But, uh, XX has left LNG and Tarzan has said to invent that he will be playing in the LPL next season. So a lot of people are tying the two together and saying it's going to be LNG Tarzan. This is not official, but it looks like it's kind of like a done deal, just not public yet. So kind of an interesting move, right? I this was kind of like the hot thing over the last like day or two on Twitter. You guys have any, any real thoughts on this one? I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how he performs because, okay, obviously all the players are different, but no one outside of Chovy from that Griffin team has been good since that team disappeared. Or, like, I mean, has done well. I should say has done well. They've gone to different teams. Uh, Viper's team and, and Lahenz's teams have not performed like performed well. Now, admittedly, they have weak supporting casts. But it's not like they've come out and crushed anything. Sword has didn't come out and do anything. So it's interesting with Tarzan to see if he can do something here. Yeah. Doran's been good. I'll give Doran credit for that, but yeah, yeah, I don't that's, really that's the only one. Like much scored with with the original Griffin team. 
But yeah, it's interesting to see if that was if they if they can come out and, and have a bounce back after after that because that team was so good and now the players have have struggled individually to perform since then. Yeah, I think we uh we 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 were kind of going back and forth on this one a little bit. That it's it's interesting that it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see like if this was the the structure or or the specific combination of those players or or other factors that played into this whole thing because like right now we still. We still don't know because, like, the other guys haven't been in good situations either. So, I mean, we know what CB Max is doing is mostly good. If they, I mean, they're at Worlds right now, so I guess it can only be so bad. I think they've got really good players on that team, so maybe, you know, he found two new young players, just like he found all these these guys when they were, you know, solo queue stars and everything. So, like, I think you could maybe reasonably draw that he's successful. And maybe maybe the question is like, can they succeed outside of a CB Max system? Was it really him? Is this a Bill Belichick situation where you know the Patriots get rid of players and they don't do anything? Or I don't I don't, I don't know if it's what's it's up? like really only been oh that's it that's what I'm interested to see like yeah. it's really only been Chovy and where's Chovy playing with CB Max? Yep. So yeah. it's hard to say you know is it, is it a Bill Belichick situation or not? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. No, I'm just. Um... Like we all mentioned, we don't know how a player taking a year off would look like and coming back to play at a different region now. Um, I don't know if he's originally. Well, he played. He played in. Korea. He played in Challenger played in Korea. China, Korea, but now he's moving to China, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's always exciting to see what they are up to. LNG seems to be trying to make moves and they're active. Uh, okay, unconfirmed if he's going there, but you know, would be. It would make LNG a bit more exciting to follow, but I am not going to buy in until I see how the team comes together. That team has always been uh, more than just player talent issue. It's really them, the organization. Yeah, uh, I think we we all like going into this year thought that uh, maybe maybe they have you know Stake join them as a coach and at the end of spring, I was like maybe they can, they can do something in the summer. Uh, they, they just didn't look any different to me. So we'll see. I, a lot can change. We, Victory Five was wildly different. <laughs> so I mean that that kind of. I mean I feel, I feel bad because like any team that's bad is now just going to be compared to them for the rest of forever. Uh, so it's like a this unfair ouch. precedent. But you know uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe just the change of pace or maybe I, I don't. Know, XX didn't really impress oh, me. What's up? That was, that was gonna say. Well, that's one other thing I guess we could touch on is like. Uh, V five. All their players got called back, right? They were all. In the oh yeah, yeah. Good, good call. Because I didn't put that down here, but yeah. So uh, yeah. it was, it was, it was a uh, Bu way. Oh, what was it? Bu way and Sam D. And Sam D got called back to Sooning because they were all loners from Sooning's system. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think. Probably going to see a lot more of this kind of thing happening, especially if the LP. That's going to the LPL is rumored to be going to some kind of weird cap structure, player graded system. We're going to talk a lot about this in the off season, I assume. But I've got a lot of strong thoughts on it that I won't go into right now. But I think we kind of saw this with with crying and RNG this year, but. uh a lot of these teams lending out loaner players, I think, like you're gonna you're gonna see a lot less. Like may, maybe you see that just to get their value up, so that they can boost the value and like get get you know transfer deals for them or something like that. But 
I think you're going to see a lot less of that moving forward just because of uh, all this stuff. But yeah, kind of interesting. I think a lot of people didn't realize that it was rejoins. I think a lot of people saw this as like a trade or a pickup or something. And that I was like, no, nah, they, they were part of Sooning the whole time. But yeah, that, thanks for bringing that up, Josh. Totally forgot about that. All right. Any other news we want to get to? Topics of conversation? I guess we're gonna we're gonna kind of mention this in the group stage, but I think like the whole the the annual the the you know this the circle of of NA international life has been the other topic of conversation this week. So I guess we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I <laughs> I guess we'll just go into it now. Why not? Like we're just gonna start recapping the group stage. So let, let's like right off the top. Did anything really surprise you from these results? I was most surprised. Like, <clears throat> I'm actually, like, NA had a 500 record, right? Which is, like, I would actually say that's probably the most surprising outcome. Because, uh, like, I 1 million percent didn't expect Flyquist to win three games. Um, and, I mean, on the other hand, I didn't expect TSM to go 06. Thought, like, you know, at worst case, one probably. But, but yeah, I, I was really, really impressed by Flyquest's final day, the way that they performed there. And then, obviously, Liquid's final day as well. Like, both those teams, had they not, you know, had they come through earlier in the tournament, are they're looking at a birth to the semis. So, yeah. Do you take anything away from FlyQuest? Like, I feel like in my mind, I take something away from them because two of their wins came after the top two in their group were locked up, and they got two of their wins against Unicorns of Love, so which we kind of expect if you think they're better than Unicorns of Love. Yeah. So they really only needed to win one game to get three wins. And they got it after the top two was locked up, beating one of the teams that was already locked in. So I, I kind of felt like their performance was like, meh. Team Liquids was it was reasonably impressive. And then TSM shouldn't have been at Worlds because Golden Guardian should have been at Worlds. So that's we got what we expected out of TSM. Yeah, I, I think... I mean, I guess TSM are the ones everyone's teeing off on, but this has become like this... It's become this annual airing of grievances, right? <laughs> like, this is like... It's the circle of life. Everybody go world. Everybody overhypes NA going into worlds, and then is just disappointed every year, as if they should expect anything else. Was there a year where we should have been less hyped than this, though? Like, I, I feel yeah. like in the past, I've almost always had at least one NA team that I thought had a good shot at quarters. Yeah, like, not a good shot to win, but usually the Cloud Nine rosters that are coming mm-hmm. in, stuff, I'm thinking they're a quarterfinal team probably. I thought last yeah, year's sure. Liquid team was the, the best team we've yeah. seen in a while. Yeah, last year's Liquid team, um, I, I was expecting quarters. This year, I did not expect any NA teams to make quarters, yeah. and they didn't. So, like, this year I'm least disappointed of all the years because yes. I didn't expect anything this year. I was It was weird. I was, like, optimistic, but I didn't think any of them would actually get through. I guess I had TSM in my predictions, but I, I think that was more a symptom of the group they were in than the overall endorsement mm-hmm. of TSM. Uh, I was kind of just down on the other teams in that group. So I was like, okay, like, I guess I was, like, doing it more from a betting perspective, too, because the odds were good enough for me to, like, take a shot on it, considering I was fairly down on Fnatic and, and especially LGD. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, gun to my head, I didn't really think any of these... I, I wasn't expecting any, AT, any, any NA teams to get through to quarters. But I, I thought Liquid had a good performance this world. I thought they looked great for the most part. They had they had one really bad game. And that, it was the same story as last year, right? They had one game that ended up costing them the shot. And that's all it takes in, in these quarters. So in, in, in this like short group stage format, it's all it takes is one off game. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, they had an overperformance game, too. Like, I didn't expect yeah. them to beat Sooning, uh, and they did. But, yeah, I, I thought they, they were solid, but still the third-best team in their group. So, yeah, I think th- that was the only real surprise, right? I think everything else was pretty chalk. But I guess like the I guess I guess we can kind of just go over like well I guess we'll just go over the teams that we we talked about the North American teams. I'll, I'll say this like this is an off season topic also, but like this whole the whole honestly it feels like a news cycle, right? Like the the hot stove news cycle thing where like this happens every single year. The week NA gets eliminated from Worlds, Reddit explodes, Twitter explodes with all these people saying this this is the problem. No, this is the problem. No, no, this is the problem. You fix this, you're going to be competitive. It's like the fact of the matter is it's a lot of different things. They're still the fourth best region. I've seen people trying to say that that's not the case. Like they still are. I don't think it's I don't think it's particularly close either. Um the 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 wild card regions haven't sent done anything relevant since Autosox Luna and LMS hasn't been good in a long time. The LMS will now PCS hasn't really been good in a long well no, it hasn't been as good as they used to be in a long time. They haven't sent a team like Flash Wolves in a long long time. So even the te- the Flash Wolves teams that were like toward the end of that were not particularly good. They were just had reputation. Mm-hmm. So like they're still there. I-, I was talking with a buddy of mine today that like there's. There has to be a lot of different things that happen for for you got to treat NA like a small school. It's a small region, Sh- straight up. It just is. It doesn't feel like it because we are all we're all Americans, right? Like mm-hmm. we're all from North America. This is like you know here it's active, it's live for us, and a lot of our friends that even more more casual friends of ours that play this game and stuff like that. If they don't, if they watch any professional league, it's the North American LCS, right? A lot of them. So there's kind of this like echo chamber effect that happens here that I think. There's probably the same thing that happens in the East, and we just don't hear it as much, right? If we're not active on Weibo, right? So, um, I think there's got you got you have to treat this like a like a small team, like a small conference team at the NCAA tournament. You're gonna need like a generational talent or two, probably an import that works out well on the first try or that is in his second year, maybe. And then you're gonna need a good coaching staff that that you know can help a team that's outgunned overachieve. I think like you kind of need all of those things. To, that's a lot. That's a lot of planets that need to line up, right? For for a run to happen. So, good, John. It looks like he's had something. Yeah, no. I mean, I agree with you. I think people overestimate what should come from NA because we're North America, and North America is very North America centric. Yep. And we tend to have the the USA number one attitude, where we think we should be the best at everything, and it bothers us when we're not. Um, but you're right, and I mean the advantage that North America has is that it has money. Yep. Um, there is money coming into the scene in North America, and in theory, money can help buy success. Um, I do think there's a problem in North America, and this is a problem that's in North America in general, not just at esports, with spending your money correctly in order to get the things that you yeah. want. Yeah. Um, I don't think North American teams are particularly great at spending that money efficiently, and so even though they have it, um, we haven't gotten to the point where it's really being used correctly yet. I think so. I do think there will be a time when North America will be a contender where we'll have a team or two that could win worlds. Uh, and probably in the next like five years, we'll see some teams from North America that have a chance to win worlds. Um, but yeah, it would just, you have to be realistic going into each world championship in this one. I don't think there was anything to be hopeful for. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts? I, this is, this, this could be like a whole big off season. This could be an entire show by itself. Uh, just any like quick thoughts on this one or, I would just say, like, 
what you said about it being like a small school is like, I still think that it's not necessarily over optimistic to be like, there's a small school that makes it out every year. Yeah. So I think, I think it's like fair to have expectations of them to do yeah. something. And, you yeah, know, if they, don't, they don't come through. But. Yeah. That's the hard part about this is that like, I'm not saying that we should have like zero expectations. Like we should expect like, there, you should expect you can you should be able to identify teams that you think actually have a shot to do something. I think Liquid last year was a good example. I think TSM in like 2016 was a good example. I think that first Cloud Nine team was a good example, right? Like, yeah, like every two or three years, maybe there's a team that's exceptional that you think could make a run. And realistically, you could look at it and you could look at the results and be like, okay, NA have a have achieved about what you should expect over the course of time. Or you could look at it and be like, okay, like they've they've slightly underperformed what we should. Because realistically, by now we should have had at least one or two teams do something, make some noise, right? I guess we had Cloud Nine a few years, like what five years ago now? Jeez, like semifinals last year or two years ago? Yeah, but I mean that that was a weird team too because that I don't think anybody had too many crazy expectations for that team. They came in as the third seed, right? Yeah, I don't think anybody had many expectations for them, but yeah. that's your, you know, miracle small school bracket run right there. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, like, I'm not saying that we should have zero expectations. I just think that it's it, they're in this weird dead zone where like you should expect a little bit better, but people expect a lot better. And it's like kind of this weird dynamic of permanent disappointment. It's like this vacuum, like this black hole of like yeah, it's just never going to be good enough, kind of situation. It's it's a it's it's definitely odd. Um, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll save this for an off season show because this is uh, like I have I have all sorts of things about infrastructure and coaching and outside the box thinking and all this different stuff that I could go into all this. So, besides the NA teams, let's take. I mean, we'll just go over and look at you know some of these other teams. Uh, I'll just go down the list. Like, would you guys think of Machi? I thought Machi were better than I thought they were going to be, but. I don't know. Better than I thought they were going to be, but still the fourth best team in the group. Just chime in when you guys have anything. Uh, Talon. They looked miserable once they got their original lineup back, I gotta say. I, I'll be honest with you, I was shocked they won two games. They cost uh, a lot of money beating JDG. Go ahead, Josh. I was going to say, like, I was actually really impressed with the way that they came out after, like, it looked like it was just completely doomed, and then they came out and showed out a little bit, yeah. uh, in my, which I thought was really pretty, uh, pretty cool at least to see because you know they could have easily packed it in and just said, you know, we're we're outgunned here, we don't belong. Let's let's you know for for better or for worse, let's go home effectively, right? But yeah. they I mean, they they played well. I, I, they, Damn good in that game too. So yeah, I'll say, I'll say the JDG game was definitely a gigantic punt from JDG in the draft. That was the that was the game where they picked Galio as the only engage against the four ranged champions. I said, oh, what are you trying to top made? This is interesting because top made the same mistake the next day. There was two days later, I guess. Top esports made the same mistake when they lost to FlyQuest, right? So well, while we're on that subject, yeah, good. I was just gonna say like. JDG, they're my pick to win worlds, but they're scaring me with these drafts yeah. because I think their player skill is is the team that I think will win worlds and their cohesion and all that stuff. But both their losses in the group stage were like just lost in draft straight up in yeah. my opinion. So yeah, I'm a little worried with their drafting. Yeah, I think especially that Talon one was just like, what are you doing? And weirdly, 
Top made the same exact mistake, kind of in the same scenario where like they had already locked up getting out. They hadn't locked up number one, and they just had this like gigantic. They both made the same exact mistake: Galio without a follow up or Galio without peel against four ranged. They both made the same exact mistake. So I was actually talking to um, uh, Kev from the Discord about this. How like maybe I don't know if that's just coincidence. It's only a two game sample, but like maybe the Chinese teams just like maybe the, the LPL teams just have Galio <clears throat> as like the last champion in that tier list. And regardless of whether there's the setup for it, they think he's strong enough that you should just pick him anyway. Because they did it the same way. It was from red side, both games. They, it was against a known quantity, and it was against two ranges that they knew of. So maybe maybe like a weak spot in the armor here, but I, I, it could just be that they didn't want to show anything. There's also that angle to this too. But yeah, it's kind of weird that like the top two LPL teams made the same exact mistake against teams that they were minus 800 favorites against. It was like the exact same mistake, right? I guess we can talk... We'll talk about something else in a little bit, too. But, like, do the Eastern teams seem oblivious to Malphite to you guys? Like, they just don't register that it's a champion that can, that can be played? The top laners just don't want to play it, dude. Yeah, maybe. The kind of top laners they've got over in China. Like, you want to put the shy on Malphite? No, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Zoom. I don't, I don't think he wants to be on Malphite. I don't think any of these guys are trying to be on Malphite. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. It seems like it's like the kryptonite because they walk into like the Graves TF AD top laner. It's like, oh, there's a perfect Malphite spot. It happened like three times in group stage, like, or no, it happened once in play-ins and then and then twice in group stage. It's like this kind of weird. Maybe this is I don't know. Um, who else? We, so we had town. How about Rogue? I thought Rogue looked good. Um, I thought that Rogue, if Rogue switched places with Fnatic, I thought Rogue would have gotten out of group C. Like I thought they were good enough that uh, that they would have gotten out of that group the same way Fnatic did. Yeah, I, uh, I was I was really pissed at Rogue for that JDG loss. That game was over. That game was so over, and they still that game was over, and they somehow didn't cover plus nine and a half. What? <laughs> That's like the League of Legends equivalent to being up seventeen to nothing at halftime and losing the game forty-two to seventeen. Like, that's what it was. They felt so bad. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, all right. I, I think Rogue looks good. Um, hopefully this legitimized that team. And, uh, I mean, even still, it, it took – are, are Rogue still underrated even after their year's over? Yeah, probably a little bit. But I, I think they weren't supposed to get out of their group here. They were in a really tough group. But people should recognize that that group was – a lot tougher than some of these other groups. Yeah, mm-hmm. it made some noise. I, I I I thought they looked good. I thought um, I thought Finn actually had a really good tournament. I thought he was going to be the big liability on that team, and he actually showed up to play in a couple of these games. Uh, yeah, like I thought Solo too. I thought Solo actually had a pretty good tournament. He was obviously exposed for his that champion one. Yeah, pool, that one. I don't, but, I don't know about that Solo one, but honestly. <laughs> Dude, the champion pool issue aside, and like being exploited in the draft with it, like in terms of actual play, I thought he was all right. Like he, he held know. his they, own. They had two wins in a row that were dominant wins, and his scoreline was like literally one twenty and seven or something like that. Yeah. And two <laughs> wins. Like it was. Uh, I, I mean, to be fair, dude, when you have these weak side situations like we've had at this tournament, there's people. There's just somebody on every team that's going to look bad in every game. Like when you're having this like. 
handshake dive both sides nobody's countering it kind of situation either the ad carry and support on one team are going to be feeders or the top laner is going to be a feeder and it's like not it's just the way it's going to work out now yeah i most like i i agree that there's something to that but i'm just well, cushioning it a little bit yeah i mean and you saw it too like he was literally just constantly spamming the tent emoji right like yeah he was clear he, his job was just you would go over there and do your thing. and He was game good. Yeah, or like, we'll go play the game over here while you go, you know, do some other stuff, I guess. Uh, LGD? I thought LGD had a really, really good tournament. Um, they exceeded my expectations. I think they played the best league they've played all year. They This group was just kind of tough, right? Much. At least. I I felt that at least for me at JDG the first round robin they looked much better than the second, but that could be a factor because they were stomping on these uh, other teams. But uh, they well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I I don't know if I have. I think I'm more confident that they are tournament favorites that they could have a chance to make finals. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. LGD. LGD. LGD, sorry, I heard JDG. No, yeah, we were, um, yeah, we were on JDG. <laughs> sorry, these team names, man. Um, again, they look better in groups than they did in plans, and that really, um, maybe that's what their whole goal is—just play around in plans and somehow land into the groups. But uh, as a team, they seem more prepared in this time around, and they, they deserve it, I guess, to be at Worlds. Yeah, I, they they looked good to me. I don't know, do you guys have any thoughts on this, Josh? I I was just I was going to comment back when John said it. Like I was kind of surprised he said he thought Rogue would have made it out of this group. I don't think Rogue would have beaten LGD personally. I, I do think Rogue looked good, and and don't get me wrong there, but uh, I think LGD looked better to me than than Rogue did. And that's again no knock on Rogue, but uh, LGD was impressive to me. Um, so so. Score isn't everything, but here's the solo stat bot for the tournament. Solo's best game. Here we go. Solo's best game, he went 1-2-7. and seven. That was his premier game of the tournament. The game, every other game, he had over, he had five or more deaths in more than half of his games. <clears throat> and his best game was 1-2-7 and seven in a tournament where top laners have really been able to show off, right. even for the minor regions. Let so me, I think Solo had a good tournament. Let me re, let me recap my expectation then, because I had literally I expected way way worse. I expected him to get absolutely dumpstered every single game, and I guess that's that pretty much what happened. If your best scoreline was one and two, then that's probably that's pretty much what. Happened. I mean, listen, he had a bunch of he had a bunch of situations where he outplayed tower dives and bought time. That's what your job is a week as a weak side. I don't know. I guess I had I had zero, and he performed at like a one point five or a two, which was exceeding expectations for me. Fair. Uh, I'll just I'll just say this: Viper's best game in the world would have been zero and fourteen. So yeah. fair enough. Still better than Viper, in my opinion. Um, John, thoughts <laughs> on LGD? Yeah, I thought LGD played well. Um, I was kind of expecting them and Fnatic to be pretty close getting out of this group. I didn't think TSM was going to get out like ever, and I thought them and Fnatic were going to battle for it, and that's pretty much what happened. I thought it was uh, just generally a pretty good tournament from them. If they had gotten into the quarters, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. Yeah, I mean, do you agree with, with my take? Like, th- I thought this was the best league they've played all year. 
Like, I know they didn't get out of groups, but I thought they looked way more disciplined than they did at any point in the LPL this season, even in playoffs. I thought they played well. I thought Long Ji st- uh, stood up a fair bit in this yeah. tournament, and he had a real bummer of a year. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people remember, but when he was Zhao Al before he came, before he became Long Ji, he was like of the shy level carry in the top lane that people were really hyping up, including me. And then it seems like ever since he's been Long Ji, he hasn't been nearly what he was when he was Zhao Al. And this was a good tournament for him. I, I thought he kind of came back to it a little bit. He was playing a lot of tanks still, but very, very well. Yeah, I thought I thought him. I thought GA played really, really well this tournament too. So yeah, LGD were kind of interesting. I thought they 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 might be like slightly overlooked just because they didn't get out of this group. But I thought they had a good tournament overall, at least relative to my expectations, which were a little lower than most people. Uh, Unicorns of Love is the last one we want to get to here. Uh, I think a lot of people like we talked about it before the tournament that like sometimes when you have like the hip underdog like this. It gets a little too cute, and I think we all had expectations that they could make some noise just because of the style of team that they are. Like sometimes you have these weird teams and they just throw, they throw you for a loop in a best of one format like this. You never know, but you know after the first couple of games, you could kind of just tell that individually they were outclassed pretty badly. Um, I think the the thing for Unicorns of Love was you had to decide who you thought was better between them and FlyQuest. And I think everybody should have been predicting one of those two teams to go one and five or zero oh and six. Whoever you thought that was the worst team of those two, you should have predicted to get one or less wins. And it just mattered who it was. I personally thought it was going to be FlyQuest was going to be the worst team, and they showed up and they were definitely better than Unicorns of Love. And so Unicorns of Love was the bottom totem. But yeah, I think most people should have been predicting one of those two teams to go one five zero oh, six. Josh, Chris, any thoughts on uh, on Unicorns of Love? Yeah, I, I, I agree with John. Like, um, I thought that they would maybe steal one from FlyQuest or that they would split with FlyQuest or something, but really not that surprised. They were another one that, similar to what you had said, like just didn't really have any expectations. You know, thought they could be a tr- you know get some some underdog upsets with some interesting picks, but it just this bottom. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they did some of the weird stuff that we expected. It just didn't work out. So that, that's that's just how that goes sometimes. I think the game that they should have won was that first game against FlyQuest where they had, like, the best possible scaling comp possible on this patch and lost anyway to Renekton Lee Sin. Oh. So, or no, it wasn't Lee Sin. It was Renekton... What was uh, it? It was Renekton Set, I think. Set Jungle or Renekton... I can look it up. I don't know. It was Renekton I got a set. different team to bring up for you that you haven't mentioned yet. Good. They're from a major region, but a team to bring up, it, for me, is DRX the most disrespected team in the whole world? Like, I, I honestly think DRX is the most disrespected team. I, I keep seeing people come out saying that, like, they're underdogs against everybody, and some people were predicting them not even to get out of the groups, that FlyQuest was going to knock them out of the groups. This is a team that, like, traded wins with Damwon in the yeah. regular season and was, like, what, like 15-3 and three in the regular season, made the finals. The only team that really looked better than them in all of Korea was Damwon. They beat Gen.G decidingly in the season series and in the playoffs. They, they squeaked out a playoff. The playoffs has that asterisk on it. And I think yeah, they, they, had, they squeaked it out in the playoffs, but they beat them in the regular season uh, twice. And then it seems like everybody's treating them like they're definitely by far the third seed in Korea. And that, like, I just don't think anything, there's not any evidence that they're the, by far the third seed yeah, in Korea. To, to me, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, I th- I'm with you on this. Like, I'm not saying drag. I, I I agree. They're they're crazy disrespected. They they got kind of like rogue vibes, but it's like a different feel, right? It, it's 
at some point, this reminds you of like conspiracy theories, right? Like when you have someone that has believes in a conspiracy theory, and then their default is to believe in the conspiracy theory over like the Occam's razor kind of situation, right? Eventually, if you this is like you're believing in a one percent outcome, you're believing in a one percent outcome, and these multiply on itself. Like, do you really believe lightning's going to strike like three times in a row? Because if you should, if you look at what Dragon X have done this calendar year. They are just an elite team. They're just good. They are a world-class team. They're a top-three team in Korea. Uh, yet, maybe they're not as as sexy as Genji and Damwon, right? They don't have the crazy dominant wins a lot. I mean, they do sometimes. But, like, you look at the number. Like, they've traded wins with these teams, right? Even if you just look at Summer when Damwon, like, turned on, basically. Even if you just look at that, they traded. Like yeah, when you're, if you're going even against these this level of team, you're good. Period. I don't care what anyone says, right? Yeah, and I mean Dragon X right now is plus twenty five hundred to win the title. Yeah. If they beat Damwon, what is that on page two? Like uh, if they just, yeah, if they win this one series, they're going to go from plus twenty five hundred to plus three hundred overnight, and that's yeah. crazy. Like that that just means this line is wrong. Yeah. If that if you're going to change it that much on one series win, then that just means this line is wrong. Yeah, they're they're just good. They have good. Uh, you know what it is? I think it is is people have a bit of recent. You have some background noise there, Chris. You have the, um, you have. I think people have this like recency bias a little bit with. They think that playoff win was fraudulent, and we've talked a lot about this in the Discord. I don't think we've really talked about it too much on the show, but I guess we can talk about it a little bit here. We don't have too much else on going on. Everybody kind of just wrote off that playoff win as fraudulent or put an asterisk next to it because they had, like, that three-hour pause and they had to go to the live servers and all this stuff. And, oh, they got blown out in games two and three. It was looking like it was going to be a 3-1. And, yeah, you know what? It was looking like it was going to be a 3-1. But they also blew out the first game. So, like, what – like this one of those things where, like, people are like, oh, see, look, there's smoke, but there's no fire to it, right? Like, they're it, They're good. <laughs> They're just a good team. I think people just don't like them because they do weird stuff and they lose to themselves sometimes. I think people don't think they have like. For some people, want people for some reason people want to give Rascal credit and not Doran. I said they're like, yeah, maybe Rascal's a little bit better. They're the same player. They're both just good. They're just not the shy. They're not Zoom. Right. That's all. Like, is that what we're holding against this team? I mean, we've talked about them a lot. Like, realistically, Deft is the worst player on this team. Yeah, that's probably true. Deft is the, for my money, the second best AD carry of all time. Even if he's washed up or whatever, if he's the worst player on your team, like what the hell, right? Like this team's good. They have great coaching staff. They're a little weird sometimes. They're a little outside the box, but like what they they gave top esports two really competitive games. Yeah, that's I mean, not like like I don't I don't get I don't get why people don't like them. Like that's what I just don't understand, right? Like Harry has been exceptional. Piosic has been fantastic. Piosic has been miles better than Flip yeah. for my money. And I think and the meta's perfect yeah, for them too. Yeah, I just I just don't know why why everyone's underrating them so badly. I don't I think, think they're it, either, but yeah, I think something that plays into it at least uh, as far as within the Korean league itself is. The- like you have Gen G and Damwon who when they win, like, you know, it's absurd, right? Like we we've we've talked about it many times, but they just blow teams out of the water. Um, they just destroy them. And DRX doesn't generally do that as badly. And when DRX loses, they're more like 
I'm thinking about just kills per win and deaths per loss, but like, uh, DRX would have the lowest kills per win of that group and the highest deaths per loss of that group. So I think that people think, you know, just because of the way those two things look optically, you know, the people that aren't diving into objective control and whatever, like, like you are, Vince, um, I think it just makes them look worse in their eyes, right? Yeah. And that, that's what I think it's kind of comes down to ultimately. It's just a lot of the, the box score isn't as pretty type, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to draw this direct comparison because I. I don't think it's the best, but it, it kind of reminds me of like a defense and running team in football versus like a high flying offense kind of team where like there's certain teams just by design they're not gonna they're not gonna blow a team out thirty five to fourteen every game, right? There's some teams that like a blowout win to them is twenty four to ten, but they were in full control of the game the entire time. They were in no threat of losing, and that. I, I think that's maybe not the best comparison because Dragon X do they're not exactly like a grind you out kind of team necessarily, but they do kind of have like shades of that. Like they just want to Dragon X just want to lane you to death, and guess who else wants to do that too? And nobody ever mentions this. Top esports want to do the same exact thing. They just want to lane you to death, and it works for them because they have the players to do it right. Yeah, but the difference with top is like, like we know Chovy's good. Because he has never lost lane. Yeah. We know Knight is good because he echoes over the red buff, gets a kill, R's back, and then ends up with a triple kill. We know Jackie loves good because he flash E's in on Ezreal, hits a Q, yeah. and then turns around. You know what I mean? Like, like the, it's a different, it, like I said, optically, right? You got to think about the way, the way people watch the game. It's the same thing as last, the way you described it is actually perfect. It, it was, uh, if you ask people going into the playoffs last year, was the Titans or the Texans better? Most people would say the Texans. Yeah, even though the Titans had won the division, right? Yep. People would have said the Texans because they like watching Deshaun Watson, you know, throw bombs. And Ryan Tannehill does that, but they know that he's Derek Henry's going to run the ball 30 times a game. Yep. So I, I think that's exactly the perfect comparison, um, actually. I thought, like, that resonated with me really well. But that's what I think it is, like, you just don't see as many of the flashy plays. And that's not said that DRX can't or doesn't ever do it. It's just that the majority of time, it's like you said, they want to lane you to death, and then they just want to use map pressure, yeah. talk. They want to lane you to death, and then they want to just style on you the rest of the game. Right? And, it's, and it's what that's exactly what Genji and Damwon do, too. Yeah. And you used to do. Like, all these teams do it. It's just it's just about making the flashy plays, that it's the sports center top ten moments type deal. Yeah, I do think they kind of suffer a little bit from that, like that that syndrome where like you're not seeing a lot of whole a whole lot of Dragon X highlight reels. So I think people just like in their head have this this image where they're just not that good. And I guess I mean we can kind of transition this into the into the quarterfinals because that's the first match we're going to get on Thursday is is Damwon and Dragon X. So uh, just in general, I, I saw a lot of people were before we dive into this again. I saw a lot of people were like fairly disappointed with these draws. And I understand, like, it's world, so you want to see, like, the cross-regional matches happen, like, especially in best of fives. But I kind of think this could end up being really, really interesting because you have a bunch of teams that are very familiar with each other, and then you've got a couple that are very different from one another, right? So, like, the the first two matches, you have, in, like, interleague play, right? Just on a different stage. So, Damwon and Dragon X, I mean, I'll just come out and say it, right? Because, like, you guys know Damwon are my pick to win this tournament, right? I've been Captain Damwon stand for the entire season, like the entire summer season, basically, right? 
I'm betting Dragon X in this spot. Period. It's it, Dan one Dan one are minus six twenty five. Dragon X plus four fifty three. Right. I'm betting Dragon X in this spot. These teams are familiar with one another. Teams that are familiar with one another, it's almost always a closer series than people think. Everyone's going to point to the summer finals where Damlon blew them out and say, oh, well, that's, you know, the same thing's just going to happen again. One, it's been a long time since that happened. Two, it's a different patch. And three, like, the same thing could happen the other way and nobody would bat an eye about it, right? Like, yes, Damlon are a better team. Minus 600 is absurd, right? I'm I'm 100% with you. I'm definitely betting Dragon X. I think four and a half to one on a team like any team that made the top eight at Worlds. I think is is a pretty crazy number. It's yeah. pretty easy for somebody to come out with a good game plan. We've talked about it before. We've seen so many series over the years where something crazy happened that we weren't expecting, like draft wise or strategy wise, and somebody just got a win. Just think about Telecom. Yeah, my favorite example of all time is that that G two team with Yarnan versus RNG with Uzi. Yeah, that's a good. And one. they just ganked him over and over again and put all kinds of pink wards all over Thresh's lantern. Yeah, and it was just like something we hadn't really seen before, but it worked. Like they and they just they knew how RNG was going to play. They formulated a really good game plan, and it, it went great. And we've seen that so many times over the years that I'm not taking, I'm not like passing up on anybody getting four and a half to one in the quarterfinals. It would have to be an Albus Knox Luna situation for me to pass up on. Yeah. Like if there was a team that maybe fraudulently got out of groups that like was legitimately like a third or fourth best team, they just like caught fire and like, you knew it was like lightning in a bottle kind of situation. There's, there's absolutely no reason. Like, like, yeah, I don't think I fly quest. I would pass up on fly quest. Miracle in, but, yeah, like, I don't think anyone's saying that Damwon aren't a better team than Dragon X. These odds are just ridiculous. It's yeah. insane. Like, you go, you go go ahead and give your thoughts on this one, Josh and Chris, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up what the playoff odds were on this and kind of use yeah. an example. I mean, I said it for the past two weeks. Oh, there's a plus sign with a four next to it? Okay. This is decision made. Like, I, it's, I'm, I'm still abiding by that. And now we're in the top. These are – you could legitimately say – I don't. Is there a team better than these eight in the world? Do you guys think these are the correct top eight teams in the world, or someone missing? I, I think if you're trying, if you're trying to make an argument for me, it's between like Fnatic and IG, maybe IG, maybe T one, yeah, or T one, maybe V five. These are eight of the top ten teams in the world. Almost yeah, for sure. I'll say I'll say eight of the top ten or twelve, probably. So yeah, so I mean, <laughs> what are we talking about here? Yeah. Plus 450 on a, like, you know what I mean? Like, what? I don't, I don't care if it's one versus eight. <laughs> right? Like, what? You know what I mean? Or one versus 10, even. I'm with you. Sure. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, again, I don't want people listening, and, and I know you guys don't want this either. Like, we're not saying Dragon X is a lock to win. No. Dragon X should maybe be probably what, plus 200, 225 in a best of five here? Not um, This should be like 300, 200. Really? Just give or take. Okay. I'm trying to think implied odds. Plus 250 down. seems pretty fair. Plus 250 ish. I'll say, like, I mean, what's like, like 65, 35? Would be like minus 200, minus 250. 70, 30 for maybe because it's the best of five. 70, 30 is minus 233 on the favorite. So. Yeah, Regardless. Just all right. So here you go. Here you go. Summer finals. Damwon Dragon X. Same situation. 
Damwon had side selection. Damwon with the number one seed. Damwon, a minus three eighty-five. That's half the number. A little, little more than half. A little less than half the number. Why? What's different? Like, are like are people really that down on Dragon X's performance and that up on Damwon's performance that it deserves a three hundred point raise for this? Like, yeah, well, that's the biggest question. It's not even what's different. What's so much better for Damwon? Like, Damwon was in the best form we've ever seen them in the going into the finals of LCK. They haven't mm-hmm. shown any more in this tournament than yeah. they showed leading up to the LCK finals. So, yeah, like in, unless you saw stuff that you're just like. Oh, Dragon X are way worse than expectation. Then I, I literally don't know how you could justify a damn one pick here unless you're just blind to value. Like, it, it's it to me this is Dragon X or nothing. Period. It's it's just it, it's it's literally three hundred points difference. That's stupid. I I don't necessarily. It, I think like I wouldn't hate the minus two and a half. Like I wouldn't bet anything else for damn one. Like if you're gonna bet damn one, you have to bet three zero. Because yeah. every number is just horrible. Uh, but but the 3-0 is like, you know, they did that once, right? So maybe mm-hmm. they just – maybe the line is right. But in that case, then, yeah, let's just bet the plus 150 odds because I don't see, you know, I, I don't see how you're going to bet them at minus 625, even minus 250, even minus one and a half. I'm going to look up one more thing real fast, you guys. Any, any closing thoughts on this game? Because I'm going to check one thing real fast. Like, I am – down on DRX, even though I had DRX winning the winning the whole thing, right? They're my dark horse. I like them. Talked to a lot of people, like in the show that I had uh, with a lot of the people. They were the dislike is probably centered around CV Max, and they think that Def is a choker, which I'm not entirely sure I agree with that, but that's narrative out there. Um, but this odd is surprising. Like you guys all mentioned, I thought it would be much closer, um, and people are just like thinking three oh three one. I'm like this this is DRX. They they can flip a game on its head at any moment and that's C V Max's style to do so, right? And he doesn't he's it, I, I just don't think this is a straight up game. This is not a straightforward sorry. It's not as straightforward uh as a series as most people are predicting it to be. Yeah, I I hard agree with that. I so Dan one won the second regular season match two oh and Dragon X won the first one, two to one. I think a lot of people were like, "Oh yeah, they, they fluked out two wins there." It's like, no, they didn't. Look at these games. Maybe one of them was. Like, maybe one of them you could say that. Like, I don't know what. Like, people, it, whatever's convenient to the narrative, people will 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 put in. Right? Oh, they got three Odin finals. Okay, sure. Like, D- Dragon X lost three matches in the regular season. We lost the T one, Damwon, and KT Rolster. That's it. They beat Gen G both times. They took a series off Dan. Like I don't know. I, I don't. I don't get what people are saying. I guess I don't know. Um, any other thoughts on this one? I think. I think I like the over. I know the over map total has been like killer for me, but I'm. I like the over three and a half maps in pretty much every one of these series. I. I think. I think we're gonna. I think one. The nature of the game is. Especially if people aren't gonna, if these teams are not gonna stop with this Lilia level one bullshit, I like I like every underdog. Like, can we talk about that for a second too? How many games were lost in this play-in by just like first, like first, like level one shenanigans trying to contest the Lilia? Just handshake the map. I know you don't want to leave your bot side on an island, but guess what? You see how much how much worse it can be when things pop off that way. This was like a theme. This happened a bunch of times, right? 
And I will say it's a little unrelated, but you were talking about it a minute ago about the group draw for the uh, the bracket draw. I actually I like this bracket draw yeah. quite a bit. A lot of people complain about it. I like it a lot. It's it gives us a guaranteed inner 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 area final. Yeah. Uh, unless G two and Fnatic are in the finals, which I think is unlikely. But uh, it, yeah, it's yeah, likely to be in a region too. <laughs> cool uh if g2 and fanatic made it but uh i think it's likely that we'll get you know an lck and an lpl team and that's what we want in the finals yeah i i, I think it'd be a lot less interesting for me if like top esports and damwon played in the semis and then the finals was like top esports and jdg or top esports and Sunning or something like that where you know or damwon and dragon x where it's a matchup we'd already seen in the finals i'd rather see a matchup that we haven't seen in the finals and get the other you know regional matches out of the way first yeah i think the other thing too is like a couple of these uh like like suning jdg we haven't seen them play a playoff series so that one is like kind of something i wanted to see which is interesting we haven't seen damn one and dragon x but yeah I, I i think this is kind of interesting we'll see um any other thoughts on this one like i like the over three and a half maps i like all all everything for dragon x like all five bets plus two and a half you know all all, all the all the map handicaps and everything i i just think this is going to be a close series and it might not be like close in the games it could just be like this team like one team blows out the other team the other team blows out the other team the other team blows, you just might have like four blowouts out of five games or something like that but i i think this series is totally live to go the distance i think dragon x are totally allowed to take this thing i think the number is just too stupid is dumb. <laughs> really dumb number. The next one's interesting. Um, Sooning plus 136 against JDG minus 164. Uh, like we just said, matchup we didn't get a chance to see in playoffs. Uh, I think Sooning, to the to people that haven't watched the LPL all season, I think Sooning impressed a lot of people. I think a lot of people thought G2 was going to get out of that group in first place. Uh, I think people finally – I think a lot of people got their first taste of Sooning. And uh, I, I will say, like, I, I think you guys would agree. The Sooning do look like they're in pretty good form right now. I think the meta is good for them. I think Angel's actually been playing really, really well. Uh, and that was – like, I mean, going into this tournament, that was the big question mark we had for them, right? Yeah, the mid lane was a problem. Um I think to some degree the bot lane champion pool had been an issue in the past for me, but not so much in this tournament. Yeah, they've looked good. They've been on form. Josh, you looked like you had something there. I, I like don't even really agree that much <laughs> that they're like that they look like they're in great form. Like both their their wins against G two, I just thought G two's drafts were terrible. Or I think in one of them they had a really bad early game or something like that. I can't remember. I can't remember the two of them because I got really upset because like. Liquid should have made it to 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 uh, sunlines, in my opinion, just because they they set themselves up and then G two kind of like shit the bed a little bit. But I forget what game it was, but I think they had a an odd draft or something like that. G two uh, or Sooning? I believe it was G two. Let me just pull up there. The draft. game that G two won was the forty two minute nonsense no. game. That had- yeah, it was so. Sooning was supposed to win that game, so yeah, yeah, it was the game. It was, this is what I was talking about. It, they went Senna, Callista, bot lane. I was like, that's oh yeah, yeah. They had no, they had no engage, uh, like we had talked about. So it was like G two just completely threw that draft. So I was like, whatever. Like Sooning should win that. They like, what are you doing? You're you're seriously gonna toss Senna in with yeah. Kalista? like what? That's weird. That was definitely uh, weird. I'm with you on that. 
Do you yeah. guys think, like, piggybacking your narrative here, do you think there's some reasonable chance? I have this lurking feeling in the back of my mind that there's some chance that both Sunning and G2 might just get completely blown out in these series and that their group might just be being overrepresented <sighs> in our mind. Because G2 didn't look that good coming into the playoffs. They didn't look that good in the group. It's possible that these two teams are neither one of them is that good, which is why they battled each other and had decent games. It's possible. I think that yeah, it's it's kind of hard to extrapolate from there. You'd have to like, I mean, maybe I wouldn't rule it out. I don't. I'm I'm also higher on Sunning than you guys are. I think. I think this no, is yeah. college by now, but right. And I don't mean to say Sunning's bad. I just like I don't necessarily think that their their last day showed that like. We can't forget they literally just they literally got kind of stomped by Liquid, you know, three games ago. Mm-hmm. They have a, a team that doesn't ever get kills to put up twenty three kills and just mop the floor with them, really. Uh, and so, like, I, I'm just and that was with like a set mid, like, and completely non Jensen champion. Like, I don't know. So, like, I'm just not I'm not completely sold on the fact that they're you know on their high form, but like, I want to bet against JDG in this spot because of what you said about familiarity and, and things of that nature. Um, I'm just not sure that 136 is a good enough number for it. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. I'll, I'll say this too about this number specifically. Uh, there's a big – this one and the Gen G G2 series, there's a big – and honestly, Top Fanatic as well. There's some pretty big differences in opinion between the books if you look around. Um, this was actually the best number you can get on tuning. Most, a lot of places it's closer than this. It's like in the plus 120 range. So if you like J, obviously, like depending on the side you like in this series, shop around. Uh, I, I'm probably going to be on tuning here. It's not like a slam dunk or anything like that. I just think they have, they're going to have side selection for three games. I think these teams are closer than people think. And I think. I just think the meta game is pretty good for both these teams right now. So I don't really see a reason other than, you know, overall player evaluation, I guess, if you want to look at, like, the individual players and, like, historical information. Like, just, like, what we know about these players and th- these teams, right? If you if you, if you you trust JDG, then by all means, I think this is a I, – I think this series is going to have the most action on it because I think there's going to be a ton of people look at this number and be like, this is a slam dunk for JDG, no question – I just think it's much closer than that. I'm probably going to be on Sooning for probably, I don't know, the small to moderate stakes. Complete opposite. Yeah, I know. <laughs> pick of the week's JDG minus 1.5. I might have to do pick of the week Sooning. I might have to do pick of the week Sooning just to, just to clash on you with this one, John, just for the the, uh, yeah, the cage match. I don't, I don't think this series is going to be that close. I think this is going to be a pretty dominant win. We'll, right. we'll see. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Sitting's in a little bit better form, but JDG for me is just like very clearly the best or second best team in the LPL, depending on how you rate them versus top. I don't think anybody else is particularly close to either of them. That's reasonable, um, Chris. Uh, you know, I I was on that minus one point five two. Maybe not dominant, but surely um, JDG is going to come out. I'm fair, fairly confident JDG is going to come out 3-1 or 3-2, maybe even 3-0, but we're not going with 3-0 at any of these uh, eight teams. It, I like Sooning. They look better in this patch than they did in the summer patch um, because we were questioning whether they even like, deserve a spot uh, for a while. But um, I was not. 
Let's be clear mm-hmm. on this. <laughs> well, yes, you you also love what? Well, not love. I, that's too strong a word. You didn't hate SOFN. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm likely I'm more on John's side on this. Josh, what about you? I, I just don't think I can really bet it. Uh, what I said, like I I I want to be on an underdog in this spot, but I don't really good number. I don't like the number that much. Uh, good number then, right? Yeah, so I, I this this probably be one that I uh, play by draft, like trying to draft. Makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, like I said, I just I think shop around for this one because you can kind of get like I, I've seen as low as minus one forty two for JDG, and you know if you, so if you like JDG, shop around that way. If you like Sooning, this is the best number I found on it. So next up. Uh, we have top esports minus seven sixty nine against Fnatic plus five thirty two. This is another one where you shop around. I know a couple places had much much different numbers on this. Uh, it doesn't seem like much different because you know once you get to these money lines, it's smaller difference can inflate the number a lot. But like I've seen as high as six fifty for Fnatic. I've seen as high as fourteen hundred for top esports. So uh, I kind of just picked in the middle here. Top heavy favorites against Fnatic. Give me Fnatic, man. Yeah. Uh, it's the exact same thought as Dragon X, pretty much. Yeah. It's like, like I say, I think there's you have to be able to put a number on exactly what I was talking about earlier about like what's the chance that somebody just comes out and has a plan the other team isn't ready for, or that the favorite comes out with a plan that's not good. Yeah. And the, for me, the chance that that happens is better than four and a half to one or five point three to one. So. I'm just going to take anybody at these odds when we're dealing with these level teams. Yeah, I think go ahead, Josh. Yeah, uh, I was actually going to pose the question before we dove too deep. Like, do you think that Karsa is better than Selfmade in this meta? Actually, no, I don't think so. Like, for a favorite to be this to to be this heavy a favorite, it needs to be across the board, not close, remotely, and that's just not the case. Look. I don't. I think Fnatic have looked very, very good this tournament. I think current form does matter in tournaments like this. Like if you're just running hot and you have a good read on things, I think I think Fnatic are capable of blowing a game out. If Fnatic were the type of team that I maybe didn't trust to close a lead or didn't, you know, it didn't think was capable of ever getting a lead, then I would probably avoid this kind of situation. But even then, at this kind of number with a world class team, I'm considering it. Period. Right, like, yeah, I, I'm with I'm with you. Like, they have. A, I think self made's better. <laughs> like, legitimately, he's and and he's had a good tournament. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where I wanted to start it. What I wanted to start it out with. But the other thing is, uh, John John hinted at it, but you would actually touch on it earlier in the show. Like, we've seen Fnatic do this before, where they just come into a series with a better idea of what they want to do, and they can execute on it. They did it to Rogue in the playoffs in the LAC where they just came out with the, with the Lucian Eve and then the, the Karthus. Like, and that was something no one else was doing at the time. Like we've seen them kind of do these, these meta defining things, uh, before. And, and then we actually saw them do it again this tournament against Gen G. They did exactly what you described. Now I wasn't a fan of, uh, a fan of a spectator yet at the time when what you had described happened, but that sounds like a lot like what they did to, to Ruler yep. in the uh, group stage to me. And like, that's to me, actually, like, that's my favorite fanatic to watch is when 
Whippo just manages his lane, TP's bot, gets a kill, Reckless is ahead, and they win the game. Like, I, I love watching them do that. Like, Fnatic TPing bot lane to make a play, I don't know. For some reason, I just love watching them execute on that style. But yeah, Fnatic I, has the capability to have just these explosive openings and blowout wins, and that's kind of what you need when you're a big dog like that. Now there's a, there's a counter argument, which is like, it's going to be harder for them to get those. And you could make the argument that kind of like in the vein of LGD that they need those in order to win. But that's to me, that's what I want to see in a big underdog like this is like a team that, that can't, I want a team that has the capability to do that. I don't want like, I don't want like a fly quest type team against top. I want a team like Fnatic that's going to take risks. So I'm, I'm- yeah, and I'm, I think it's. I just think it's. I think it's even more reasonable than a lot of people are giving it. Like, I don't even think this is some sort of hail mary. I think Fnatic has a lot of things going for them. The mid lane has not been that important this yeah. tournament, and that is where t- Top Esports' biggest advantage against everyone is. is in we the had, mid lane. You, you stepped away, but Josh's main point was like, do you think Self Made's better than Carso right now? Yes, I think Self Made's better yeah. than Carso right now, and I think yeah, like I say, that the mid lane's not as important, and that gives Fnatic a number of, of ways that they can win this series, even if they're they're not the favorites. Don't get me wrong. They're underdogs. But they have ways, very clear ways they can win this series, I think. Do you think this is closer or further apart than Damwon Dragon X? Just out of curiosity. Like, obviously the numbers are a little I think different. It's, but... it's further apart, but not by, yeah, not by as much as, as the books are making it. Here's what I'll say, actually. And then it's sort of Interesting way to look at that is I think that it is further apart, but only because of interregional yeah. familiarity. Like if these two played in the same region, I wouldn't say it's further apart, in my opinion. Like if, if Matic had played top ten times this year, like like DRX has played damn one, you know, I wouldn't say it's further apart. But the fact that they they aren't, you know, I understand why the book would make it further apart. Yeah. The the other thing with that's interesting with these these cross regional situations is that there's a certain I'm trying to think of there's a certain like implied volatility to it right where you don't know how top are gonna do like maybe top or fanatic fanatic and G two are bizarre teams sometimes they look stock standard and then other series they're just added they're they're whacked out right and I don't know if that's just from like the the interbred meta between these two over the past couple of years but. How how many times now? This is like how many times now do we see Fnatic show up at Worlds and have a good performance? It's almost like those two teams are are so bizarre that they they like level each other up, right? And that the rest of the world just doesn't get it. Like they just don't know. Like how do these two teams operate in a series? It's like they do some weird stuff, right? And I, there's a very reasonable chance that Fnatic just ergot or singed or Swain top. There's just a pick that Whippo has in this series. That they have, no, they're like, what is this? This is stupid, and they have no answer to it for two games. Maybe they finally figure it out, and it's too late at that point. You know, I think there, there is a huge amount of implied volatility in these kind of series. And to me, the like, I think the difference everyone's going to point to is, is Knight and Nemesis, and I think that's a reasonable thing to point to. You, I mean, honestly, you could say the bottom lane too, because I think I think Jackie and Yuyanja have been just ridiculous in this tournament so far, but. I, I think you need to remember that unless there's literally like, you know, this person's not a professional player or like this is a bottom tier professional player against like a world class player. Unless the gap is that big, there's things you can do. And I think like Fnatic have enough strong points on the map to at least make this competitive. I want to see Jackie love off the Senna as well. 
I want to see people yeah. take the Senna away from him. I think he's been exceptional on Senna, yeah. but we haven't really seen him that much on these on the other champions. I'd like to see somebody take that away from him. Yeah. I do think I'll say this as like maybe devil's advocate a little bit. It, I think teams have left a lot on the table against Fnatic, meaning I think Fnatic have gotten away with, in draft with more than they should. And we kind of saw in the last series they played. I think I think Gen G's plan of attack in that last game that they had was was excellent. Um, and I, I think there's a chance that that's just the blueprint. Like they, I mean, I think Fnatic screwed up leaving Lucian up, which I think is just dumb in general right now. There's just too many bad things can happen when you do that against world class mid laners. You just can't do it and top laners, but. I think that was a mistake, but we saw, like, as soon as you take that, um, th- once that's off the table, they just banned Syndra and Orianna, and Nemesis went to Lulu. And maybe it's, like, some other, maybe it's Azir in a different time, but, like, we've seen this with that Nemesis, was- right? If he's not on one of his comfort picks or canceling the other mid laner out with a power pick like Lucian or some weird nonsense pick, that he's, that that's when you see the difference. When he's on his comfort champions, he can hang, right? And actually, he's looked pretty good in this tournament. But I think Genji may have laid the groundwork for how you're supposed to attack this team. That's kind of what I wanted to see, and it took them until the sixth game in groups to, to, to see that, to see anybody do that, really. So I think there's a lot of room for Fnatic to have trouble in the draft, but I also think that we didn't really see too much weird stuff from them either. So, yeah, th- this series, I, I do think it's further apart than Damwon Dragon X, but I do think the number is just too big. There's just too many things that can happen. Like when you're betting a favorite this large, like you need everything to go right, and there's there's just not a lot of to me there's not a lot of situations where that happens when you have world class teams like this. So, recurring theme of the show. Next one is not a case of that. Any other thoughts on this one, by the way? Just a quick one. I've all at every world. I'm always looking for that team that's riding on momentum, right? You know, just building up. And Fnatic has been that team that has a slow build up. It's positive. They're improving. They're making stuff happen to make themselves as contenders. So this number is quite large. Um, that it makes it, you know, conceivable. I, I think if Hillisang plays at his peak, he could outdo Yanja. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just Knight and uh, Nemesis right now is the biggest worry. So that's why Pops are favorite. Uh, but yeah, I like, I like it. I like where you guys are going. Gen G. Slight favorites. This is obviously another one that it's a little bit different everywhere you look, but pretty much everywhere. This opened this opened as as G two small favorites at a couple of the the market making books, and is now Gen G slight favorites. But you can kind of find whatever you can find split one fifteens. You can find there's probably somewhere posting a G two small favorite still, but Gen G minus one eighteen, G two minus one hundred one. Uh, Gen G will have side selection for this series. I think I think this is a really difficult one to call. This is the highest variance matchup in the quarters for sure. And I mean the books are telling you that with the odds, but I wouldn't really be that surprised to see the three zero either way in this matchup. I think I have a really hard time predicting how G two is gonna look in a series like this. I think Gen G's kind of variant as well. It's really, really hard for me to call what would go in this one. I can't make a bet on the money lines in this one. It's it's uh too variant for me. Josh, you, you look like you're you're ready to go. Yeah, so I, I will preface this by saying this past weekend I was a little bit busy, uh, so I didn't get up to watch the the this group's Gen G's that last day. So I think I caught the tail end of the Fnatic Gen G game. 
Um, but I do know that I saw the replay that Gen G only beat TSM because TSM threw the game completely. Uh, I looked at the box score against LGD and it looked like it was insanely close. It was like a 1K goal differential at the end, two kill difference. Um, so my, my thought process is that Gen G could have just as easily gone one and two on day three of groups, um, as they could have gone three and oh. Uh, which to me tells me that they're going to be overvalued. Um, and again, we already talked about what I said about G2 against suiting. Like I think they auto lost that first draft when they drafted close to center bot lane with echo. Like I mean, I, I, I just can't really understand what was going on. The second game, I thought they played a lot more straight up and just flat out got beat. Um, and that was, that's something that'll happen, but I think that they get made out to look a lot worse when you, when you lose a game that was just over before starting. I mean, G2 always lose ugly, right? Like, every time they lose, yeah. it's like, holy shit, how is this team this bad? Like, every, it feels like every G2 loss is like that, right? Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, I, I, I honestly couldn't figure out even the theory unless, like, if Callista would have rendered or would have, uh, maybe sold, change up. Like, if he would have sold down, like, the jungler or something, maybe, I, I, it just never made sense to me. But anyways, like all that to say, I think that the, this line is then an overreaction based on the final day that we saw. The, call it the final two games we saw from each team. Um, so I'm I'm definitely going to be on the G2 side of this. But like John said, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah. Uh, I think I, like going into this tournament, uh, like just ig- ignore what happened in groups going into this tournament. This line's probably about right based on you know what we thought our expectations going into the tournament. Right, we thought these two teams were. You know, I I was a little more bullish on Genji than you guys were. Well, I'm I'm gonna give my thoughts on this in just a second. But like going into the tournament, like this seems fine, right? Like this line's at least in the ballpark, right? Maybe maybe you flip it. Like I know you were higher on G2. I think. I just EU one versus Korea three is always gonna be a tough sell for me to say Korea three is the favorite. Okay. Um, I think Genji are playing the worst they've played all season. So. That's what makes this interesting to me is I don't think G2 have been – I like the G2 are playing right now. Like they're playing this game. They're not playing – they're not having weird solutions to problems. They probably still have some some interesting stuff up their sleeve for sure. But they're not leaning on that as a crutch. Like they can play the meta straight up, which I think is very important, and that's not something we always see from them in every in, on every patch. So that I think has is in G2's favor. I think working against G two is like the same argument you made about that group earlier with Sooning is like maybe that maybe they're just not that good, but I I think the one thing for sure to me is that even in their wins, Genji, I think they're playing like quite literally the worst they've played all calendar year. So there's two ways you can you can kind of look at this, right? One is there's regression of some sort. Maybe a big regression to the mean, maybe there's or maybe it's just kind of a part way there. Maybe they don't, maybe they're just in bad form right now. So I think these factors are kind of what make this game extremely hard to handicap just in general because I, I, I can't help but think that Genji have to be better than they were in groups. And it, I guess it's just bias from watching an entire calendar year of this. It's like I, it's, I find it really hard to believe that they can look that bad for six games. But maybe that's the case. Maybe you could make an argument for just siding with side selection. Whoever had it in this series should have been the favorite, and I think maybe that's part of it too. But, uh, yeah, this one's hard to me. I- I'm leaning toward Gen G. 
because G2, while they look good, and I think there's good things to to point to for them, they haven't exactly impressed me either. So this is weird. This is like two teams that are kind of unimpressive coming into this. But they're also they're also two teams that I could see just like okay, like they flip a switch and they look good again all of a sudden. Both these teams, so it's weird. That's kind of what I was about to say when I was looking at these two teams. I was like, oh, it's gonna be uh, Genji didn't look good in groups, and they didn't exactly improve when they get to the second round robin. G two also didn't look like the G two we know from last year, and you kind of need that for them to. Stay on top. Uh, and at the same time, you can see, like, uh, maybe this game, this is the only series that has the potential to go 3 0. And we will all forget about who's more dominant and who, who is it sucks. A, uh, isn't it weird that we were like, this series has the most potential for 3 0, even though we had two 600 plus favorites on the slate, right? Isn't that weird? It's just, I think it's just, I, I don't know. I, I literally would not be surprised about anything in this series. I'm gonna have to. I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be looking around and waiting on this one. I, I, I'm gonna have to do some real. I'm gonna have to go back and look at all the games again for this because I don't like to overanalyze just based on group stage because it's weird. Like it doesn't always. It's not always relevant to to everything. But I don't know. I've leaned Gen G for now, but uh, this is probably just a pass. We that's go ahead, Josh. I was just saying oh. we we briefed it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it's all right. I'm, I'm, I'll go after. Okay, it's just very quick. It's just, I don't know if going back to the film helps because Genji were doing weird stuff. Yeah. Just weird stuff. So it's not, it's either telling us that they have not really a good read on the meta or they really just hiding everything in hopes for uh, saving it for quarters. You could say the same about G2 also. Like the G2 didn't really do anything crazy besides that Senna support with Callisto, which I think might have just been. That might have just been like, oh, we don't want the other team. I don't. I have to go back and look at that draft and be like, oh, look, was Senna a takeaway or like, did they like draft themselves into a corner and be like, oh, I guess we're doing this now. Like, <laughs> I, I I have to go back and look at it. But I think the thing I like the most in this match is the time total at thirty four, and I love the under on that. I think I think just the state of the game, you're gonna have way more games that have gone. There's been more unders just based on an average of thirty two. And I think these two teams had a couple long games in groups, so this is getting inflated because of that, and there's no reason it should be 34 to me. Like, even if you think these two teams are close, like, both these teams are capable of explosive starts and just blowing a game out of the water. So I think, you know, more, like often, more often than not, I like that. 34 is a really high, 34 is the highest number we've seen in the tournament. There have been a couple of them, but, like, I think, like, TSM had a couple 34-minute games, but they're, like, kind of a slower team. Uh with two good teams like this, it's very easy for, for the games to just get blown out of the water um, from a snowball. Like, from a level one, you know, we've seen these games get out of hand just because these, these tempo junglers can get ahead and they're up two levels, three levels, and it's just over, you know. It it, it goes from zero to 60 very, very fast, and there's usually, like, a point around the 15 or 20-minute mark where it just turns on a dime and the game's over in five minutes or something like that, like in the mid-20s or something, so... Uh, I think both these teams are very, very good, and that's the case. Now, you can make the argument that that's a bad argument if these two teams have looked a little shaky and that we could get longer games for it, but I thirty four under 34 is probably my favorite play in this series. I like that take a lot. Here, Here's what I was going to say is I think with each of these teams, we've talked about their junglers in this tournament specifically uh, with Yankos. Um, you know, not looking like he fit the meta, and then with Clid just not really picking a lot of meta picks. Um, and so I think that that is actually a, a very clear avenue to the volatility you've been talking about. Yeah. Seriously. 
Um, and for that reason, I think this one's going to be another one that's like, you should, you should heavily be factoring in the team's drafts in, into your, into your betting in this one. Like you should be probably betting each game based on the, on the draft. Um, you know, you can have a stance pre, pre series for sure. If you like one or the other, or you find an arbitrage opportunity at the different books, whatever it may be. But I do think that the drafts will play a massive, massive role in this because I think if you look across the board, they're fairly evenly matched in every position. Yeah, yeah I'd agree with that. Split um, minus one point fives or split minus two point fives is a is a bet you could make here. Yeah. Split minus one point fives would be profitable. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely interesting, and that also gives you a bunch of opportunities if you think you know one team goes up two zero makes this a little interesting too. Um, yeah, I, I keep looking at this total, the kill total too, and that feels like I don't know. Uh, I, the time the time total under seems really really good to me. This is good value, and you're not. It's like not even juiced to the under either. It's a 34 flat, which is interesting. So, all right, yeah, this one. I, do you guys all like this was the hardest one to call, right? Definitely, definitely, just because like the two of them have been really they're like it's not even bad for like I mean Gen G I think it's been bad relative to them, bad relative to them was still good enough to five one this group, so I don't know, maybe that just means they're good, but I, I think there's a lot to criticize about them and I'm I'm a huge Gen G fan too you guys do this going into the tournament so I, they haven't looked good, that's what, yeah it just makes this one really really interesting because I think there's question marks on both sides for sure, all right uh, pick of the week. Unless you guys have anything else to add on these. No? Okay. Um, pick of the week. Last week, I had Liquid minus 175 against Machi. That hit. John had JDG plus 146 against Damn One. That hit. I was with you on that one. Uh, Chris had TSM plus 151 against Fnatic. Kind of a no-show from TSM. That felt bad. I was with you on that one. Josh had G2 minus 114 against Suning. Uh, and we ended up getting... Th- the extra game out of those two that day too. Uh, and the listeners had Dragon X against top compliments of Gaucho Loco three at Gaucho Loco three. And that one missed, although that was kind of an interesting one as well. That, that was actually a really good game. Um, so that moves us on the year to a total of 60 and 60 for the main cast. Uh, I'm 21 and 10. John's 14 and 17. Chris, 8 and 20. Josh, 11 and 9. And still got Calvin's on there at 6 and 4. So uh, the listeners are 2 and 6. They got to step it up. Come on, listeners. And we are a net of. Is this correct? Am I missing? Listeners, they're just like Prime. We are now. This can't be right. Did I type something wrong? Oh, I did type something wrong. Josh is positive. There we go. I did something. I did have something wrong. The totals was incorrect. Um, as a cast, we are plus eight point two three units on the season. I was I was going to say I don't think that's I don't think that's right. We were like we were like close to that last week. So, um, this week, pick of the week. Who wants to go first? I'll start it off. JDG minus one point five yeah. plus one thirty one against Sunning. Uh, like I said, I don't I don't think this series is going to be that competitive. I'm real heavy on JDG here, so I like JDG quite a bit. Chris, 
Whoops, sorry. Initially, I had the same thing as Josh did, but um, I swapped it just so we can have a head-to-head. I'm going with Genji minus 1.5 and 69. <laughs> Game is eight coin flip. I will take that coin flip, and I think this is good value. Either, again, like we said, we, it wouldn't surprise me if either team goes 3-0. Three something is more likely. Three one, three two. <sighs> we doing back to back. I feel like I have to do a head down with John now too. <laughs> I feel like I have to because you and I have been talking a lot individually about this match too, and I think it's interesting. I'll just do it. Why not? I almost never do this. I've been like I've been the like the the proverbial adult in the room all year on the on the pick of the week, like taking your minus one seventy solid favorites like all week. I'll take Sooning. I'll take Sooning money line just to just to go heads up with John. We'll make, we'll make this a fun one. We have to do a side bet for a case of beer or something. How about that? So I'll do yeah. I'll do Sooning plus 136. You, you, I don't know if you want a side bet against me, man. I'm like massively undefeated in side bets. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> people randomly messaging me. Uh, on Lou, with the, Lou with the jersey? I saw that. <laughs> Lou got smashed. Uh, I bet uh, Doyle earlier in the season won my side bet against Doyle. I've, I've, I've hit a couple side bets against people too. So. I only have... Uh, I've been keeping track. I'm nine and one in various side prop bets, including things like the plug challenge. When I was running it, I, I lost one plug challenge, and other than that, I'm I'm nine and one overall on the season in random side bets and props. I, I haven't done I haven't done too many of them, but I've won every single one. So we'll see. I, 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 yeah, I, 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 took, I took I took Kev for some over the Shalka Mad Lion series. I remember that. Sorry, but um. The listener pick of the week. I still gotta, I gotta, I gotta roll the dice on this one. So I don't know if you guys have any, uh, anything to add on these. I, I was actually, I may just dip out, dude. I don't know. Chris is looking kind of scary today. So, uh, the other bet I was really eyeing was Fnatic plus, uh, plus one and a half or one eighty three. Yeah, you could, but I, I just, I hate plus one and a half because you have to get what a three two series. Is that right? Yeah, or a victory, or a win. Or a win. Yeah. Which is like, I, I don't know, it feels weird. Um, but yeah, that was the other one I was looking at. Um, I like the over three and a half maps in every one of these. The only one I'm a yeah. little sketch on is like Gen G, but it's mostly because like you'd almost never get a number this good on this. The over three and a half is almost always like minus 600 on a lot of these series. Just like. What's. Do you have G2 minus two and a half handy? Yeah, plus 470. Uh, yeah, give me one second. I'll pull it up. I said, well, because I don't see it on. Uh, I didn't. I didn't put it on here. Um, I just wanted. To, I didn't want to scrolling all the way off the side. Plus six seventeen. Six one seven on G two two three zero. I'm gonna get grabs if I do that. So. Also four seventy seven on Gen G to three zero. So if you actually do believe in the double three zero. Or the under, or the under, uh, the under three is what's it called? Uh, you'd have to do the math. The under three is plus two thirty six. I don't, I don't know if that equals out off the top of my head. Which you know what? You like be, okay, you know what I'm gonna do because I'm, I just, I can't be straight up against Chris. I gotta have it out. <laughs> I'll either feel bad or, uh, uh, I'll, I'll feel like I just made a weak bet. So I'm adding Fnatic plus two and a half. Okay. Yeah, I I think d- we all we all like. Oh yeah, you're going the parlay too. Shit. Okay. I think what were like so what were like our universal picks here? 
universally we all like drag I think we all like Dragon X and Fnatic plus like two and a half at on you can get minus two hundred on Dragon X to take a game, you can get minus one eighty five on Fnatic to take just a game. I think both mm-hmm. those bets are great. Uh, I agree. I like the money lines for both of those teams. I like the money line. I like I like the full the full spectrum bet on all those on on both of those teams. I, I I just think there's too many ranges of outcomes that that end up profitable for you in that situation. Like you can do a situation where you do. I've been doing a lot of this this season where you take like maybe you take Fnatic. So like Fnatic or or minus one eighty five to take a game, right? So you take Fnatic plus two point five at minus one eighty five to win one. Like you lay one eighty five to win one. And then you split that one amongst the rest of the bets. Like maybe you do, uh, maybe you do half a unit on the plus one point five, a quarter unit on the money line, a quarter unit on the, the minus one point five. Like if Fnatic win three to one or something like that, you can you can you can divvy it up however you want. But like when you have that that quote unquote, I don't call it insurance policy because they could definitely get three would It's a very real possibility. <laughs> but when the likelihood of them getting three owed isn't as doesn't match these odds. You can kind of use that as a bumper to allow you to play these longer odds and still profit. You might not profit as much, but you know, maybe, maybe put twice the stake on the plus 2.5 and then use the rest as like your buy-in for the other bets basically. So yeah, I, I think that's, I think the, I'm going to be doing that in both damn one and dragon X for sure. Um, yeah, I like the over three and a half maps in both of those two. You could parlay those together. Probably plus two point five. I I really don't. Th- I think just the state of the game, uh, some of the weird stuff we've seen in this tournament specifically, and the, just the general quality between these teams. I I really think there's a. I, I don't think we're going to see any sweeps. And there was a there was an interesting prop before the tournament that was over under games played in the knockout stage. I think it was twenty seven and a half was the number. I could be misremembering that, but. Yeah, that that was kind of interesting too. All right, the listener pick of the week before I forget because I will is from at Boston Eagle Five. Thanks, Peter Liu. He likes JDG minus one and a half maps. So should we re-roll that since we already have that? Yeah, maybe re-roll since it's my pick of the week. Either way, thank you for the submission, Peter Liu. Let's re-roll again. John, just making sure that the that the listeners aren't allowed to get wins. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have at Jacob underscore Vican twenty two V I C A N twenty two. He has Fnatic top over three and a half maps. Uh, I changed it to our number, which is minus one sixty seven. So we'll go with that. We also had submissions from Big Kev from the Discord and at avh2ag on twitter as well so thank you guys for your listener pick of the week submissions uh let me write this down top fanatic over 2.5 all right cool uh anything else before we get out of here guys yeah yeah i have i have one sign off topic Drew Brees can't keep getting away with it, dude. He can't keep getting away with This is an angel over your shoulder for Drew Brees to have won either one of these last two games. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I've never been less of a football fan than I am right now. And I was never a football fan, and I've never been less of one than I am right now. These single, guys are single, like single play talent, single play per week talent, John. He's that V Sports plug George. New football. It was twenty talent. to zero, Vince. It was twenty to zero or something. Can I follow? Can I follow? Can I follow your action somewhere, John? He still didn't throw a pass over six yards, and they came back from twenty to zero. <laughs> Unbelievable! I'm just I'm irate. I'm John, just, uh, 
Just remember, if it makes you feel better, it was Taysom Hill that won on the game. <laughs> oh, yes. my God. Oh, yeah, you were talking about a storyline. Oh, my was, God. That was such it a... definitely was Taysom Hill. If I knew they were going to play another quarterback, maybe I wouldn't have done it. But And, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and, and the other team, so I play their defense in every lineup, the Chargers defense in every lineup, because Drew Brees is trash. He's going to throw like five minutes <laughs> And he does throw one, and the guy runs it down to the one yard line and gets tackled at the one. So I don't That's get the right. uh, I don't get the defensive touchdown money on DraftKings. Just I'm just cursed, guys. Just straight up cursed in the NFL. Mm. <laughs> I stopped. By the way, can we just talk about how like the taste like people have been memeing the taste the Taysom Hill package where like they bring him in as a, as like a scat pack or a receiver, right? When they need to throw the ball, or yeah, do well, no, like and that. they've had, so they had success with it last year. This year, they have not had a lot of success nope. with it because they've seen it. Everyone, <laughs> it. yeah, like they've not had a lot of success with it. It was just like poetic that the game ended that way. Like, I don't know, it was just too That's, good. It's literally, what it is, Vince. When they're when they're looking at their plays, they're literally like, okay, does this re- does this play require someone to throw the ball a reasonable <laughs> amount or do something <laughs> athletic? And if it does, then put Taysom Hill in. If the play doesn't require anything else, put it's actually the exact opposite. They're like, the second part's true. Like, but all the memes on Twitter, like, if you search Taysom Hill on Twitter, you'll just see someone's like, Sean Payton, in air, in quotes, like, okay, Taysom, you're going to roll out, and then there's going to be a dude wide open right here. But if you feel pressure, then run. And Taysom's like, run? All right, sounds good. <laughs> he, gets, he gets the ball. He literally t- – there was a dude, like, two yards in front of him just – had the first down, Taysom's like, nah, we roll. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. I do feel bad for this, like, whole – it's, like, an awkward situation. Because, like, I do think, like, he has a unique skill set, and it's kind of fun to watch. But, yeah, the, the memes are just too strong, dude. <laughs> I just can't deal with it. Like, it's too good. Oh, man. We got we to gotta tag Drew Brees in this. I'm going to start actually tagging him on Twitter every time I make a post. I'm going to start <laughs> tagging every time. You're going to get so many Saints, Saints fans just being like, who the hell is this asshole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they fans of Drew Brees. I don't really care about their opinions. So. Oh, my. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> I can't believe that shit. Um, anything else for sign-offs? Good. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of anything this week. So, yeah, uh, obviously, come check out. Come hang out with us on the Esports Department Discord. The chat is always lively on game mornings and a lot of times before and after then as well. Um, we're always open there or on Twitter for questions. Feel free to hit us up. Um, that's going to be it for us this week. Enjoy the quarterfinals. We get back-to-back-to-back-to-back days on this one, and you know, it's going to be a fun weekend. Should be, should be, honestly, it should be four good series. I'm really looking forward to it. Um I think this has the potential to be maybe the best quarterfinal round we've seen in a little while because I don't see any 3-0s happening. So should be interesting. We'll see you guys again next week. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your time and attention. As always, a bar from Cecil Lamy, or uh, from Sigmund Bloom here and say, uh, your time and attention is the most precious thing you have. We thank you all for that. Um, review us on iTunes. I, I keep saying this to people. That helps us with our visibility. I will read every single review, good or bad, troll or not, on the podcast. You will get a shout-out. Everybody loves the attention. So drop us a review. Share with your friends. Retweet when we, we send this stuff out. And uh, until next week.
The Gold Card podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode. Oh,